and welcome to the podcast for St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is a sermon for the week of January 6, 2019. The sermon is titled, The Three Kings, and is based on the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hammer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I think for most of us, the new year is a time of new beginnings. Uh, You throw out the old calendar, you put up the new one. It's a time to start things off on the right foot. Maybe you're uh, going to give up some habits that you just didn't like in the last year. You're going to start something new. The new year is a time of great optimism. This is the year that things will be different. The new year is a time full of great expectations. But you have to be careful because expectations can also mislead. For instance, when you see today that the title of the sermon is The Three Kings, you might think that this is a sermon all about those visitors that came to Jesus, when in fact, it's only a little bit about that. See, we need to be ready because God works in unexpected ways. In fact, I think you could say that's pretty much the theme of the Christmas season, to expect the unexpected. And as Christmas now grows into the season of Epiphany, we see that that theme, expect the unexpected, continues, continues to grow in new ways. And we can see how that theme is at work as we look at the three different kings of this Epiphany story. First, the so-called kings by tradition, that is, the Magi. Second, the political king, King Herod. And finally, the least recognized king of the story, King Jesus. Now, I say that Epiphany is a season when we will still expect the unexpected, because at Jesus' birth, you would expect that he would be heralded by all of Israel. They were waiting for their Messiah to come, and now he finally has come, and yet we found out at Christmas that's not what happened. His birth went largely unnoticed. It was the shepherds of the field who finally came to see that Jesus, their Savior, had been born. But now, as some time has passed, you'd expect that things had changed, and yet it doesn't seem like things have. Jesus' arrival seems still largely ignored until the Magi come, but the Magi aren't exactly the people you would expect to be there at Jesus' side. Why is that? Well, it has to do with what we know about the Magi, or maybe better said what we don't know about the Magi, because there's really a lot we don't know. For instance, we think we know how many there were, three, but we don't know that. Matthew never tells us how many magi there were. Three comes from the fact that there were three different kinds of gifts given to Jesus. Gold and incense and myrrh. But in reality, we don't know how many people 
were a part of this caravan. The other thing we think we know, we get from that famous song, we think that the Magi were kings, when in fact that really seems to have nothing to do with their identity. See, it wasn't until the 6th century AD, that is over 500 years after Jesus' birth, that the Magi came to be identified as kings. They're Magi. Well, what's that mean? Magi, I guess you could say, were people who excelled at paganism. That is, these were people who knew a lot about sorcery, the interpretation of dreams, and astrology. They were men who watched the skies. And that's what brought them to Bethlehem. See, they weren't Jews. They were foreigners. They were Gentiles. In fact, they don't seem to know a lot about the Jewish religion at all. They come and they don't know where the king is to be found. They need to consult other people. Where is this king? Where is he supposed to be born, they wonder, they ask. But there they are. They've come from afar. And their arrival is what makes Epiphany uh, a big deal and so important because we see with their arrival that Jesus has come as the Savior of all people. The star was seen by people beyond just those in Israel and Judah. Now it's true, the Magi, they don't seem to know everything. They don't know a lot. But what they do know is that this Jesus, he's king of a much greater kingdom than King Herod. See, they come, they see King Herod, but they didn't come to honor him. They didn't come to bring Herod their gifts. They say, where is this king of the Jews? We have come to honor him. And they were right to do so. See, what the Magi didn't know, we know by faith. We see that this Jesus is a king of a much greater kingdom. And we see that this Jesus has come not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. Jesus has come for all people. And this is a great reason to celebrate and rejoice because this isn't at all what people expected. People expected Jesus to come for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too? They weren't so certain. But Jesus had come to be the king of all kings. And yet when we come to the second king, we find that that's not a welcome message. Not everybody welcomes a new king, especially not King Herod. After all, he was king. He had power. He had wealth. The news that another king had come meant only one thing to Herod. It meant revolution. It meant that somebody else was vying for his throne. And so King Herod opposed Jesus, God's son. About 40 years before Jesus' birth, King Herod was appointed king of Judah by the Roman Senate. In other words, Herod got his power from the Romans. The Romans were the power over Judah at this time, and they decided that Herod would be the one to rule that area. 
And Herod asserted his dominance with great authority. And he did so with the might of Roman armies. This led many people to consider Herod more of a Roman than a Jew. Now, to his credit, he did rebuild the great temple in Jerusalem, but he did so by taxing the people excessively. In other words, he did this not out of his wealth, but out of the pockets of the people. And this Herod was somebody that was feared. His subjects were always unsure of what kind of a person he would be. Did he wake up on the good side of the bed or not? Because he brought violence against his own family. And if his own family wouldn't be protected, then who was safe? King Herod killed at least two of his own sons. It led Caesar Augustus to say that it was better to be Herod's swine than his son's. Because Jews obviously weren't supposed to eat pigs, so the pigs were safe. But if you were his children, who knows? If he thought, out of jealousy, that one of them was going to try to take his power, they weren't safe at all. And so in our story, King Herod's jealousy is aroused once more. A king is born, he hears from the Magi, well, tell me more. It's not that he wants to worship this king. He wanted to know where this king was so he could stomp him out, so he could take his life, so that Herod knew that his power would be safe. But it's when we look at King Herod and we see the differences between his kind of rule and the rule that Jesus would bring that we see that God completely rejected this political power and all of its trappings. See, we would think that if the Magi would come to honor the king, they would come to honor the greatest political king, the greatest political power. That's what makes sense. And that's who Herod was. But that's not what Jesus was like. Herod, he was the undisputed king. Jesus was practically unknown. King Herod was the one who had armies at his command. Jesus was weak and defenseless. Herod was the one who lived in the palaces of Judah. Jesus lived in a humble home there in Bethlehem. See, when you look at the story, when you look at the reality, Herod was the one who was king. He was the one who had the power. He was the one who was recognized as the ruler. But God was doing things in unexpected ways. And so Herod was maybe the king by political right, but he wasn't the true king. The true king of the story is that little child, Jesus the one that maybe wasn't always recognized, that didn't get all the fanfare, that wasn't in mighty palaces, but he was truly the king. Now, as the Magi came, they recognized that he was king, but 
I don't think they knew what kind of king he was. I don't think they knew how Jesus' story would end. And it's true that Herod was threatened by the thought that Jesus someday might be king. But I don't think Herod knew that even at that moment, Jesus was king. See, God is doing unexpected things. Here in this short portion of scripture, kings seem to be everywhere. But Jesus is the king who is least recognized of all of the kings. Because Jesus is that king who comes in the most unexpected of ways. Jesus' kingship will be unlike any other kingship that any of us have ever known. See, when Jesus rules, the weak are strong. The fools are wise and sinners are forgiven. It's in the story of Epiphany that we see that God works in ways that are completely unexpected. It's when we find out that we need to have our expectations reset by God's word. As God's word teaches us who this young Jesus really is. Yes, he is the son of Mary, but he is so much more than that. And as we enter into the season of Epiphany, it is a season of revelations. It is a season of seeing just who this Jesus is, that he is not just the son of Mary, but he's also the son of God. But even as we go through the season of Epiphany, that picture of Jesus as the son of God will still be incomplete. It's only as Epiphany turns into the season of Lent, as we get to Good Friday, as we get to Easter, that we truly see who this Jesus is. Yes, he is God's son, but what kind of God is he? We see that he is God for us. He is the God who lays down his life for us so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be given eternal life. This is who Jesus is. Son of Mary, the Son of God. And in the season of Epiphany, we begin this season of revelations. We see, we see the confusion that exists. Because people think they know who Jesus is. They think they know why he has come. But their expectations continue to be reset. Their expectations continue to be wrong. The Magi came because they were there to worship the king of the Jews. But what they didn't know was Jesus was their king too. Jesus had come to bring salvation but he had come to bring salvation for them. And King Herod, he was threatened. He was threatened to know that another king was living in his lands. He didn't want that king to be alive. He didn't want that king to exist because he feared that that king was going to take his kingdom from him. Well, it's true. Jesus was there as king. And it's true that Jesus had come to take something from Herod. 
just like he came to take something from us. Jesus came to take everything. It's true. Jesus comes to take your hopes and your dreams. But it's also true that Jesus comes to take your fears, your anxieties, your worries, and yes, even your sin. Jesus came to take everything from us so that he could give us what is his. See, that's what is so unexpected. That's the great revelation of this wonderful mystery of epiphany that Jesus has come as your king so you could share in his kingdom. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus, who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts at stpaulslutheran.net and click the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.